This is Creators in Vietnam with Tuesi and Moni. We aim to inspire you on your journey by interviewing creative entrepreneurs across Vietnam who make a positive impact on their community and their own lives. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. In this episode, we invited Quinn, a previous co-host, guest, and spiritual teacher to join our roundtable discussion on spirituality. We want to demystify the meaning of spirituality and explain why spirituality is actually very practical. In a sense, spirituality is about knowing your spirit, who you truly are. We honestly share about events in our life that led us on a spiritual path and how we practice it every day. We also dive into how spirituality allows you to create the future you desire and how to tap into that power. Why we often need to hit rock bottom to reconnect with our authentic self again the importance of experiencing our emotions and how spirituality empowers you to take responsibility over your life. We hope you're going to enjoy this episode. So relax and just enjoy the show. Welcome back to Creators in Vietnam. Today, uh, this is me, Moni, hosting, and I'm here together with Tracy, my co-host, and our guest today is Queen. Hi. Hello, Queen. Welcome back, actually, because Queen has been one of the first co-hosts of Creators in Vietnam, which was Creators in Saigon back then, and now we invited her back yes. to have a roundtable with us, which is a new concept that we just launched yes. at the moment. So the idea is to use this opportunity to invite guests who we resonate with to talk about topics that are interesting, hot, maybe controversial, and also just to help look at the topic from a different perspective, inspire you in your own life. So that's the purpose of Roundtables. And today's topic is spirituality. I hope everybody is excited. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am, I am. So maybe first we would like to hear from Quinn, who is a spiritual teacher, by the way. <laughs> What spirituality means? Okay. First of all, thank you so much, uh, Moni <laughs> and Desi, for having me here as a first guest of your first episode doing this roundtable talk. It's always like an honor to be back every yes. single time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just want to make sure that you know how grateful I am to be here with two great people continuing on this podcast. Yes. Um, yes. So really, really thank you for that. Yes. I'm so proud of you. I yeah. feel so validated right now. Yes, validation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Codependency. <laughs> yes, that's all I need in life. <laughs> no. no, thanks for saying this, Quinn. Yeah, Actually, this you. is the first time I met Quinn physically. Yes. So, I mean, this this fits in the talk of spirituality here. I felt so connected with you, Quinn, for about a year now, a year and a half. And actually, the first time I heard about you was under another name. <laughs> oh, right, <laughs> yes. right. And, yes, and I've heard so much from Dana about you. And she was like, oh, you should meet, you know, Quinn. And, and she told me a little bit about your story. And I was like, very interesting. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's a pleasure to meet you physically. Likewise. <laughs> Even yeah. though I felt like I met you spiritually. <laughs> Same. I, I feel yeah. like Same. this is actually not our first time, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. is like physically our first time. Exactly. Yeah. So go ahead, Quinn. What is spirituality for you? Okay. 
For me, it's actually really simple because I like to simplify everything, especially spirituality, because it can be so confusing for many people. So for me, spirituality is basically just knowing your spirit, and which means knowing who you are. Knowing yes. your essence, knowing your true nature, besides your name, your gender, your age, your profession, you know, like whatever people tell you that you are. But when you take off all of that, who are you really inside? That you just know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you don't need anybody to tell you who you are, but you just know that's who you are. And that is the core spirituality. The best definition I ever heard <laughs> of spirituality. <laughs> Glad. <laughs> It's really as simple as that: knowing who you are, without without any filters. Yes. In life. Yeah. Just know who you are. Know your truth. Because to me, that is your truth. Who you truly are. Know yeah. your truth, and then embrace your truth and live by your truth fiercely. Yeah, and even though it sounds simple and it sounds even easy, I know from my experience, and probably all of you know, that to get there, to really see that baby, that the naked baby of you, who you really are inside, it's so it takes so much courage and work to really see yourself the way you are. And I think one of the discussion today is really is to talk about like how we come to the point of seeing ourselves and it's a rough journey but i think it's so fulfilling oh yeah it is indeed yes it's the moment i reconnected with myself i felt like a weight got lifted and i felt so free and i often come with this metaphor of the bird in a cage Like before spirituality, I felt like my world was only within a cage, the one that I constructed by what I think I supposed to do and what I think I should want to have. And the moment the door opened, so I started to be more receptive to spirituality. I saw outside that kind of there's this unknown. I don't know what it is, but I kind of drawn to it. And it's of course scary because if you used to live in a cage, you kind of so used to the rules of a cage. That you feel so uncomfortable to actually explore something else, and when spirituality starts to evolve, it's like kind of tiptoeing to the open door, and then really start to test the air. And then the moment came when I took that jump, and it was just life changing. It's I felt like I can take any twist and turns that I want to in life, without feeling heavy of constraint of am I fulfilling? the right thing i just know that i need to fulfill myself and it's not selfish at all even if it might sound like that but actually through fulfilling myself i actually helped to fulfill others along the way to maybe it's called compassion right mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. the more love we more we love ourselves the way we are the more love i could give to others and that what spirituality really brought into my life i just couldn't add more on that definition so i just wanted to mm. have like a little bit of elaboration of how it really feels like to me mm. to connect with the um, spirituality i like that that's lovely yeah yeah and may i may i just like add some more to that yeah that i was like that and 
felt so caged in, right? And then when I walked out of that cage, I felt so free, and、mm-hmm. I felt like there's a whole another world that has been there, waiting、mm-hmm. for me to explore. And so I did. And then at some point, when I looked back at the cage, I realized there has never never been a cage. The cage was never there. It's just an illusion.、Mm. Yeah. Or in spirituality, we call it a doorless door. There's never a door there. Yeah.、Mm. Wow, Queen, you're like you really added like an extra dimension <laughs> to this. <laughs> We're gonna go deep. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting start of a discussion. I.、Uh, For me, when I <clears throat> first, very beautiful definition, very good. Thank you.、Um, when I when I heard you two talking, like for me, every time I think of the spirituality or the way you define this, I I always come back to, or I can I can relate to in a way where for me it's a lot about obviously energy, vibration, and frequency. Where I feel like the cage that we're that we're building throughout the years since we we're kids, it's because we. Are vibrating in a way that is a reaction to the environment that is given to us, and so those counter vibration, like because you you're born vibrating in your own frequency, that's your authentic self. I believe that the universe is all just vibration、mm-hmm. and frequency and、yeah. energy, and so when we react to those external vibration, then you obviously build this fake cage, as you say, and it takes us like you know traumas and problems and walking through those discomfort to. Find our authentic vibration again, and that's. I think that's where I recognize the pattern in so many people that reconnected with their spiritual side. It was this: How do I vibrate? How? What is my frequency? How do I bring back love in my life? Because with love and compassion, that's the only way to vibrate the the right way, or the your way at least. And I feel like once you start, like you know, living from inside out, and you vibrate at your own frequency. That's when those fake doors start dissipating because they're not there anymore. It's like, you know, yeah, you're vibrating at your own vibe, and that's where you attract the right people. That's where you attract, or you can, you know, bring real boundaries and go, okay, you, we're not vibing, <laughs> <laughs> so please leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so for me, that's how I see spirituality. It's a way to obviously, when we say reconnecting with ourselves, is a way to like, okay. What's my natural rhythm, and that's why we do meditation and all those techniques and all those tools and whatever. But yeah, that's how I see it.、Mm. Yeah, I love that.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely correct.、Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And <laughs> validation. <again. laughs> that's all I live for. <laughs> and also, what I fear that when got to be so much more connected with myself, that everything starts to just flow.、Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain this feeling. I think when you are entering that phase to flow with yourself, when you just like become so natural in the way you express, the way you reach out to people, the way even the way you are dressed up. Because、mm-hmm. what I remember is like when I was not connected with myself at all. I tried to like I don't know. It's a very basic example, but like squeezing myself into clothes that it's not necessarily me, but.、Mm-hmm. Even regardless of the discomfort, I still felt the need somehow to wear and dress、mm-hmm. a certain way, 
And it's nothing drastic, but I can compare how I dress now compared to back then. Yeah. And now when I'm not trying to squeeze into a pencil skirt anymore, <laughs> 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 wearing high heels and yeah. all of that, everything just become more natural in my posture, the way yeah. I talk to people. I don't have that weird feeling in my skin anymore. And I know I, I brought up a very... Uh, simple and could be dumb mm -hmm. example but yeah. it's like that it's wearing your own skin yeah how comfortable you feel in it yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's like you're trying to synchronize with something with you know what society or some or the environment that you are being brought up in so it tells you because like, i mean like there is ways like there is moments where i'm sure that you want to feel you know like that you want to show skin or you want to be you But like when you're synchronizing or when you're feeling that it's because you have to appear a certain way, then you're already out of your own rhythm. Yeah. 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 So. yeah it's like when the more you become connected to who you really are and live by that, the more you realize actually, hmm, my true self is really cool. <laughs> like yeah, it's way exactly. cooler than the old self that I try to pretend That's so true. Right? Yeah. So that's why you have more courage to embrace this current self because actually it's it's cooler. <laughs> it's, it's, it yeah. is. I, I agree. I, I agree with that. But like, so let me ask you the, because uh, to be cool in, in that way, it sounds very simple, but there is a big part of accepting what's not cool about us. Mm -hmm. Because in everything, like, you know, to find balance, there is obviously an acceptance of what we are as intrinsically good as we feel good and what we are intrinsically bad you know in our own scale i know so to be cool i feel is an acceptance of what we're bad at and what we're good at mm -hmm. but a lot of the tools that are given to us nowadays are not meant to recognize what's bad about us mm. okay can so you how give do you me some examples about One of those tools. So the tools that we are given a lot in our society, for example, are the tools of judgment and competition. Mm. So it's always, again, a reaction. It's like, I'm going to look at this guy and I want to be dressed like him because he gets the girls or whatever. Like, you know, in a very ba basic instinct. <laughs> yeah. When it should be like more like, how do I care for my, how do I want to look, you yeah. know, for myself? Because I have mornings, obviously, where I don't nowadays now that i'm more connected with myself that i don't see myself as cool you know <laughs> and and it's those are now signals for me that you should probably take care of yourself <laughs> or, you know it's not in a bad way but it's like hey like you look like shit like you know so look back on your past week have you done your routines have you done all those things and those are the new tools i feel like mm. tools of self am i am i making sense <laughs> mm -hmm. tools of self-care and things like this not tools of judgment or yeah. of comparison or, or competitions mm -hmm. so that's all that i wanted to say like how do you how are you 100 cool how do you accept the bad side of yourself because mm. that's something that we don't really talk about mm. most of the time okay first of all i i want to like like really clarify that like i'm mm. not 100 cool <laughs> <laughs> there's no such thing <laughs> even like in spirituality mm -hmm. you know like that's actually was one of my misunderstanding about spirituality when mm -hmm. i first got to you know embark on this journey i thought oh my god when i'm awakened or enlightened i'll be perfect mm -hmm. i'll be like all the time smiling and you know loving and mm -hmm. always calm and forgiving and nice and kind to people and to myself which is not true There, there, there will still be, you know, ups and downs. Yeah. The only difference 
now is that you just be more aware of what patterns you have, and so you have more freedom where you can choose how you want to respond. You know, to those thoughts and emotions in you. Whereas in the past, when I was quite unconscious of myself, I didn't have that freedom to choose. Yeah. I just simply reacted. Yes. And mm. so spirituality just gives you more freedom. It's like gives you more like gap between you and the conditionings, the old conditionings. So you have more space and time to consider what I'm gonna do with this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's spirituality. That's another like that. um, definition yeah. of spirituality. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And what was your question again? <laughs> I forgot. It a, it's, it's just I, for me. It was just a, I, I don't think there was a. I don't think it, there was a question. I think it was more like you know a reflection that it's just a thought that was there. Where you know when I hear the word cool, I it's more so in the sense that I don't want to make spirituality a hundred percent or making it seems that it's a simple move to just oh. say in front of the mirror I'm cool. Oh yeah. Or or things like this where there is a huge part of. Acceptance. Acceptance mm. is not something that is comfortable. Acceptance mm. is not something that is oh, man, no. uh, easy. Yeah. You know. So when we talk about spirituality, for me, it's it's very important to really draw that mountain. Yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. mountain, but you still have to climb it. Oh yeah, it's not all rosy, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then nice and feeling yeah. nice all the time. And 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 yeah. so for me, it equates to again that mountain is probably made of all our negative emotions mm-hmm. because a big part of spirituality for me was to tackle all that hidden cave all the things mm-hmm. that i brushed under the carpet all those negative emotions all the things that i wasn't supposedly in my head allowed to have which yeah i did actually <laughs> like i mean yeah. if you feel hate or if you feel judgment or if you feel uh, you know some type of negative emotion on that spectrum of the emotional wheel and you hide it does it make the emotion disappear Yeah. Of course not. Yeah. And the more you hide that, the more you get disconnected with yourself, and the harder it gets to embark in that spiritual journey. Yeah. And so yeah. yeah, it's a huge thing. I have many clients who asking me like how to get back to your intuition. It's a hard job yeah. because I know myself how disconnected I was from my intuition and how my life is different now that I'm connected with it. And I remember that it all started with meditation because what we are talking about that actually realizing that we are not our emotions and not our thoughts. Meditation for me was at least the first tool that showed me, yeah, it's, it's true that what I think and what I feel I can detach from myself from it. I don't have to be entangled in that fear or negative emotions, but mm-hmm. even for the positive like I can even just stand there and then recognize it like yeah now my body feels good and when it's about I think when queens are like feeling cool I imagine like a simple scenario like one morning looking in a mirror and I, I look shit and instead of saying like I'm ugly <laughs> mm-hmm. I just recognize that oh today I'm, I look tired and probably because I went out last night or I didn't eat the proper food so I just make a note like okay then I'm just gonna take care of myself better and not accepting the state yeah. as it is Kind of, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it does. It it does it does in a way where um, from my outside perspective, from a person that have been practicing already mindfulness or or mm-hmm. spirituality at this point. But the first step for me, when you said like you know your emotions and your 
your fears are not controlling you, it's true. But like the first step of spirituality for me would be like to also accept that your fear and your emotions or how you feel as of now, today, right now, is your only truth though. And you have to accept that truth. It's like, I feel fear. I feel bad and those things. And, and only then when you can accept them and you can see them and do, this is your truth and nobody else can like, you know, be against that truth. You can be like, okay, now that freedom of choice, what do I want to do with it? And that's for me, it only happens with a lot of practice. Today I can say, okay, I can observe my fear. But back then it was just, that was my life. It was the truth of it. And it was like, oh fuck, like yeah. everybody's insulting me. I'm mm-hmm. going to get rejected. I'm abandoned. And then, ah, you know, and that, yeah. that voice. And I had to go, yeah, but that's my truth. That's my reality, you know? And everybody that goes to me and goes like, but Tracy, that's in your head. Yes, that's true. It is in my head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's my truth. But yeah. now I have to deal with my own shit, you know? Yeah. So, And that's wow. a big yeah. part of the spiritual Interesting. journey. Because yeah. um, actually what both of you just said, <clears throat> uh-huh. they're equally true. Yeah. I'm not my body. I'm not my thoughts and emotions. And I am mm-hmm. my thoughts and emotions. They're both equally true. And actually, there's this concept. I don't encourage you to stick to this too much, but just for the sake of, you know, like understanding spirituality in like different ways. What Moni said, and this is like the traditional spiritual practice. You sit down, you meditate, and then you realize that you're not your thoughts and emotions. That is a very masculine approach. We call masculine uh, spirituality. As in, like, you detach mm-hmm. from everything, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, like, really strong, and you detach from everything, and then you observe it. Yeah. In a way, like, you're in control, you know? Like, oh, this is not me. You know, I'm just gonna watch you from afar. Yeah. Because, like, watching you from afar gives me more control about what I want to do with you. Yeah. And for Twessy, your approach is feminine spirituality which is embracing like a mm. mother embrace your child mm-hmm. right like yeah. oh you're feeling fear come to mama come here mm. come here yeah. you don't deny how's your child's feeling mm-hmm. you don't deny that emotion Does make but sense. you embrace it mm-hmm. you love it and that's another way to heal is that you love mm-hmm. everything in yourself it's very true yeah so i been to those two phases mm-hmm. first yeah, i detach myself and then i embrace mm-hmm. yeah i also did the same after detaching practicing that masculine spirituality mm-hmm. for me it was needed at least at that yeah. time to actually then <laughs> get to the next stage yes. when you can embrace it like yes. a mother exactly mm-hmm. because in yeah. that space where you have the space a gap witnessing everything that's when you actually develop more compassion yeah. towards whatever you're having inside your body and then you you can come right come over and like okay now i'm ready to love you which is accept yourself mm-hmm. now i'm ready to love this part of myself more mm-hmm. or i choose to love this part of myself more yeah. like you make conscious choice where you choose to embrace your shadow yes exactly yeah. the shadow is that negative part that i'm talking <laughs> yes, about yes or your subconscious yeah. yes. they say yeah, yeah. Yes. you know you know when you start meditating and like there is that thought that keeps on coming back and there is that stress that keeps on popping your shoulders up. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, for me, it took me a long, long time to just be able to let go and let it express itself. 
okay, let's go down the rabbit hole. Okay, let's go down that dirty, dirty, dirty thought. Yeah. <laughs> and let it, let it, okay, yeah. sit with it. Because I, I was in that idea that, you know, I'm going to sit down and, and reach nirvana. Because <laughs> I'm special and my ego was, it was in, all, totally in control. And uh, there is that concept of like ego, egocistic mindfulness these days where like, you know, you do mindfulness or you do meditation just to feed your ego. And I was like, I remember sending the article about a year and a half ago and I was like, this is me. <laughs> I think I'm going to be the new Buddha. <laughs> and it was just me sitting there and just closing my eyes. But like, there was this thought that kept on coming back and it was just mm. like, and it had to be like, okay, let's sit in and let's go down the fucking rabbit hole. Yeah. And it was bad and it was dirty and it was so, so, so negative. And it was me. But actually, moment. I also yeah. realized that I need to do a mix. Mm -hmm. Like there are times when I can really sit down, meditate, and then I calm down. Mm -hmm. But sometimes my fucking anger is so strong <laughs> <laughs> that meditation yeah. doesn't help. And I need to go down the rabbit hole. Like, okay, yeah. what is it that's really shouting in me? What is it that mm -hmm. it's feel that is uh, discarded or something? So I just sit down and write it out, anything that is ugly. Mm -hmm. Because I also learned like, Yeah. If I have anger, especially, I need to express that. Mm -hmm. And this is something I, I kind of pushed down a lot in the past. Like, yeah. no, I should not feel this way. I, sh I, I shouldn't feel calm. And so the meditation itself is a good practice. But uh, I, now I like to combine it with, uh, it could, could be journaling, but mm -hmm. really just say it out. What is it? If I, if I can react to one of the things you just said, which I think is a big It's, it's what society made us believe is you said, I used to push down feelings and you actually made the move, which doesn't exist. I mean, in the, in the realm of like, <laughs> like, you know, spirituality of things, you don't push down an emotion. You don't push down a feeling. Yeah. And the more that we believe that we can push things down or press it down. We can't. Yeah. And in, in some of the people when I, when I, on my road to recovery was like, the more you press something down, the more you think you press something down, the more depressed you get. Because, Because you actually you, numb you can, it. Yeah. yeah. No, you can't numb it. it. I mean, yes, you can numb it or the tools of society makes you believe that you can numb something by substances. Good luck by, with that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, an emotion in itself, and that's okay, again, spirituality, an emotion is there to be expressed through journaling, through going down that rabbit hole, through, through sheer anger or through shouting or through confrontation. At the end of the day, it's, it has to happen. Maybe yeah. it doesn't happen the most beautiful way. But if you have the systems in place, you can reflect on it after and be like, my emotions were valid. The way I expressed it maybe was wrong. So whatever wrong I did by expressing it, maybe I should go and say, hey, sorry, I was still angry. That emotion needed to get out of my body. The way I did it, maybe it was a little bit asshole -y. Yeah, <laughs> But the, that takes a lot of maturity, I think. I, I yes. don't know what's the right word. Because like, I know that emotions are always there. So I'm not mean like yeah. press it, numb it, as if we can hide it in the bag. Mm -hmm. But what I experienced all my own life and also seeing other people that, that when we start to ignore an emotion, mm -hmm. we start to become kind of not aware of it yeah. we don't learn to name it yeah so that's why it become hidden it's not hidden it's there mm -hmm. but if you don't have the practice of identifying like okay this is anger this is fear yes. or this is joy this is happiness yes. then you don't know what's going on so that's why you feel numb emotionless mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's just simply of like don't have the language 
It's because to uh, to say it <laughs> exactly. I used to do uh, this little workshop about about. It's, it's all about emotional maturity, emotional intelligence, and the, at the end of the day, we learn by repetition. So we learn about an emotion by repeating it. We learn about a feeling by repeating it. We learn about anything by repeating it. squats. <laughs> anything, <laughs> it's that. And so if you look at people when they're triggered, you know exactly how old they are emotionally because it's going to be the last time they practice that emotion. So when someone is triggered and they talk like a seven-year-old, it's because that's the last time they were fully able to express their anger. And then after that, they repressed it. They numbed it. And they didn't practice it. And they were all big babies at the end of the day. So... And then the way it comes out is the way of a seven-year-old. And then we feel guilty because we expressed ourselves like kids. But we're really good at expressing happiness and all the, all the positive spectrum. But when it comes to negative things, we talk like babies. And we don't allow ourselves to, to practice it. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. actually part of the spiritual journey to <laughs> bring it all out. <laughs> yeah, yeah it I think it, it has to come down to basically at some point you just need to make a decision. Like, do I love myself enough to allow myself to feel this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Can I love me enough to allow myself just to feel this without any judgment toward myself? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah like every second you need to make a new decision that's it and like like Tracy said it's like repetition you repeat actually you repeat making choices that now benefit you mm-hmm. more than versus in the past you make unconscious choices that most of the time yeah. bring you down and yeah. hurt you instead because it's easier to say that you reacted to something instead of saying I intentionally acted on something because mm-hmm. then we have to supposedly in definition suffer from the consequences of it mm-hmm. so when you say oh like i was triggered i reacted like you know they he made me do it yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, much yeah. easier to to you know push push see i do those moves too yes. <laughs> to push away the guilt <laughs> to like you know to deflect but it's yeah. all act because like basically we did not have the chance to like we did not people like role models to show us mm-hmm. how to handle difficult emotions if we know how we wouldn't run from it Mm -hmm. we run from it because simply we don't know how so when somebody teaches you how to do it it, it becomes so much simple it's like a formula Mm -hmm. you know a protocol okay so when you feel like this do this and now it's very easy yeah and spirituality for me it's very practical it's not something out there but it's really practical it's about Mm -hmm. taking responsibility yeah a hundred percent for your own thoughts Mm -hmm. and feelings and emotions and behaviors Yeah. yeah like once there's a teacher that said to me your traumas are not your fault but they're your responsibility mm-hmm. now will smith say that too beautiful video oh yeah yeah it, i remember seeing it like oh five yeah years i love ago. him he's so yeah. spiritual and i love yeah. his family too yeah yeah so it's not your fault but, but now it's, it's your responsibility, responsibility. Yeah. what you do with it is your responsibility. what you do with it and i really yeah. like when Tracy, you said like when there's a time that you after enough running away mm-hmm. right you just like okay i'm just gonna sit down and let it go down the rabbit hole like moni also said that's actually when you show yourself that you're strong enough <laughs> as a grown-up yeah. to sit there with yourself mm-hmm. and not abandoning yourself anymore yeah. because you're strong enough 
to sit there instead of running away. Mm. Because every time you run away from an emotion, you actually are telling your brain that I'm too weak, so I have to run. Yeah. yeah. You literally you train yourself to believe that you are weak every single time you run away from your own emotions. How did you get back into spirituality, or how did you get into spirituality? Mm. I actually like the mm. first question: How did I get back yeah. into it? Because I believe we we're, we're all born spiritual. Of course, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. born authentically ourselves. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can believe that. Yes, and even when I was a kid, I used to live with the monks for two years. So mm. and then I lived life like you know normal person, mm-hmm. and starting losing myself. Yeah. Or like forgetting who I am, not like losing because you mm-hmm. can never lose who you are, but you forget who you are, yeah. and you start to re- to th- believe this is who you should be. Mm-hmm. When people around you yeah. tell you that, and so I try, you know, to wear that hat of someone I should be, mm-hmm. painfully. Yes, because I'm such. I don't know why, but since I was a kid. This fire of truth in me is always really, really strong, loud and clear. Oh yeah! It's like every time I betray my truth, I literally, physically get sick. Mm-hmm. Like somewhere in my body, like will will like be in pain, mess up. But again, I think I don't know. Like it's amazing, like just to to see like how strong this body is, you know, to be able to endure all of those pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, like Moni, I used to like you know wear like super like tight fit, sexy clothes, <laughs> so high heels, makeup all the time. Couldn't breathe at all. Try mm-hmm. to fit in the clothes instead of let the clothes fit me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and then I I think at the age of twenty five. Oh, mine too. That's when. <laughs> that's when. That's when. Everything collapsed. Yeah, everything. Is that, that's what I I want to I want to hear about. What was your rock bottom, or what was your? because yeah. uh, rock bottoms also equates to like rock bottom. If you don't die, that means that you look up. Exactly. So what was the moment you started looking up again? I still remember vividly. Yeah, it's it is in Bangkok. So the rock bottom already happened before that, which in the same week, I got. Dumped by my ex mm-hmm. when I came to visit him in Malaysia, and then he dumped me at 3 a.m. Oh, wow! And perfect pick, timing. Kicked me out of his house. I had to go to the airport to buy a flight ticket, and the airport was closed at that time. Like I don't know why, but I had to wait until morning to wow. to buy the ticket. And so I was there, you know, like literally, like sitting on the floor, like absolutely shocked with everything and crying and, and stuff and then when i went back here i had a fight with my dad mm-hmm. at that time i was uh, living with my dad and he also kicked me out of the house yeah wow and mind you that was on my birthday <laughs> oh shit oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so in just one week and that that's like my rock bottom right there And then somehow I got this invitation from a friend. I was a Zumba instructor and personal PT, personal yeah, trainer yeah, yeah. at that time. And she invited me to go to Bangkok to train her personally 
and also to cook for her, you know, like three meals a day. Mm-hmm. And so I did because I had nowhere to go, right? Yeah. Like, absolutely nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. So I just packed. And I remember I had like the worst fever on the plane. I couldn't even like, sit straight. I had to lie down and, and wearing a mask and, you know, so bad. And she, my friend, I, I lived there with her for a month. Mm-hmm. And she she's at work most of the time. She works like 18, 20 hours a day even. So I was just home most of the time by myself. Nice place. <laughs> Lovely, you know. Five-star hotel. Yeah. So, and she has a lot of books, you know. And one day, I just, because I had nothing to do anymore. So I just like, you know, sit down and just look at, you know, the, the books randomly. And then there's something caught my eyes. And it's a book of Osho. Mm. Never heard of Osho before. Mm. Yeah. You know, mm. never. I never really cared about spirituality before that. Mm-hmm. Actually, in the past, I even thought spirituality is BS. You know, it's like me, some me kind too. of scam. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, like those like hippies, you know, like, yeah. you know, yeah. run away from the real world and, you know, like live in their fantasy, you know, with unicorn and stuff like that. Mm. That's, that's that's the ignoring me <laughs> back then so i opened that book and you know it, it feels like somebody slapped you in the face you know uh-huh, like uh-huh. that's yeah. how i felt the whole time i read the yeah, book yeah, 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 yeah. but like with love you know mm-hmm. like yeah. i got slapped but with love with, yeah and at there's a sentence i i now actually i forgot what what he said but i just it just like literally like cracked my mind open like i could feel it just like and somehow i suddenly saw that everything that has happened to me so far is my responsibility yeah yeah like that yeah and that's when i took my power back Mm -hmm. Because I no longer blame anybody, mm-hmm. including myself. I don't blame myself. I just take back responsibility. Yeah, that is actually a, a definition of self-love as well. You don't blame people, but you also don't blame yourself. You just take responsibility. Mm-hmm. You acknowledge what happened and what went wrong, mm-hmm. and now what can you do to make it better next time. This is so yeah. interesting. Yeah. We, we, yeah. we all walk different paths. Thank you for sharing. Uh, the definition of self-love, because I go back a lot to that. My rock bottom was also a redefinition of self-love. But for me, it was attacking it by the... My missing step of self-love was self-forgiveness. I couldn't do... Like, I knew how to take responsibility. And then uh, I just didn't know how to forgive myself. Yeah. And not being able to forgive myself never allowed me throughout my life. To love myself because I was like, there is a missing step. So this is very interesting how yeah. you, you know, that in that wheel of self-love, yeah, where you, where you took where you took action. It's yes, a, yeah. It's interesting. Like somehow for me, not self-love was the first one, but like the first step for me was taking control of my life. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that control is a bit more like okay, the event is happening to me, but how I can make the most out of it. So it's not necessarily. It's, it's like kind of like a half of the spirituality mm-hmm. of it. So it's more like kind of not being reactive, but being more responsible. Yeah. But it doesn't embrace this self-love or anything at all. At that point, I just wanted to feel in control. 
Mm-hmm. That's all I needed. Do you, do you consider a moment in your life to be a rock bottom for you? Um, I'm not so sure because in the past I was so detached of my emotions. So maybe mm-hmm. I hit rock bottom, but I just didn't feel anything <laughs> special. <laughs> I, I, I may be generalizing, but I feel like you know to get back into spirituality, everybody has to have at their own scale a rock bottom. I feel um, I don't know. Maybe I'm generalizing, but um, the majority, not yeah. all of us, yeah. the majority. But yeah, there there's some people that they just happen to awake someday, mm. and their life is all right. Because I always used to be this tough girl, like I can solve anything I want. I'm I'm independent. I'm strong. I don't need anybody, and that's why I felt like emotions is weaknesses. So when I see someone whining, I'm like, "Come on, girl, pull your shit together!" Like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, <laughs> so I was that kind of person, really mm-hmm. tough on mm-hmm. other people, mm-hmm. very judgmental, but at the same time very judgmental with myself as well, mm-hmm. and very self-critical. Anything I did, I kind of analyzed every movement that I did, and then told myself like, "Hey, it's not right the way you do it." So maybe that's why, like, when emotions hit me in the past, at least they don't hit me strong because I'm just not. Connected so well with it, so I just kind of like okay, maybe something is not right, but yeah, okay, let's wake up and do what I have to do. So I think I was kind of that person who distract myself of anything related to emotions. <laughs> distract or destruct? Distract. Distract. Sorry, yeah. I, yeah. So yeah. the moment I start to actually come back to that feeling self of mine is actually after breakup, but I would not call it like. Hitting rock bottom mm-hmm. because I just observe that m- my emotions are just flared up. I'm not in control of my emotions, and uh, my only purpose was to get control back mm. <laughs> on my own emotions. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I didn't know that it's gonna lead me on a spiritual path. Mm-hmm. But I think we all need to experience some kind of intensity, whether it's rock hitting rock bottom or a heartbreak mm-hmm. or anything that is kind of break us apart. Yeah. Inside, emotionally, to start to get on that mm-hmm. spiritual path, yeah. and yeah, that's that was how I started it—a breakup. A huge that, yeah, that's your rock bottom. Yeah, does <laughs> your you know in your own scale? Yeah, that's that's fine. That was one of my rock bottoms. Yeah. I told you, right? Like one of those two events in one mm-hmm. that one yeah. week. Yeah, it, it, it tells you about like how much meaning we put in relationship still in our yeah. society, <laughs> where like you know and. and We put so much meaning on an external relationship when we should put more meaning. And spirituality is this mm-hmm. where we should put more meaning in the relationship we have with ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know where, yeah. Mine too was a mini breakup, or it was like no, I was engaged, <laughs> <laughs> and then like, and I was a drug addict. So it was like the the rock bottom was, in a way, I feel like more simple because when you're a drug addict and everybody knows about it then the rock bottom is very simple <laughs> you're mm. you're at the rock bottom of society <laughs> it's like mm. you're doing the worst drug possible you're engaged and you're destroying everything that your social image just fucking like crumbles i think i've talked a lot about my own rock bottom so for me getting back into spirituality was very similar to you quinn where it was like the act of taking responsibility and i think again i i feel grateful in a way That I've chose drug addiction to be my path of self destruction because there is so much literature out there to help you. You know the twelve steps program, the, all of those things that are meant for you know addiction was there. It was just me piecing out the information together. I feel like at some point everything when, when you hit that moment, the, the aha moment, 
it's not that one sentence that suddenly breaks open your mind. You probably heard that information many, many, many times before, but you were so against it that you you just, you know, but it, that's what happened when people, you know, plant seeds. Yeah. yeah. Slowly, when you receive an information and your mind goes, I disagree, you already received that information. And the more you disagree, if the information is right for you, you're going to have that aha moment. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have that, oh shit, that's what they meant. Yeah. <laughs> And so for me, the aha moment was obviously at that moment of self-love of mm. I had to accept that I resented my mother for dying when I was six years old. And it was not just about, you know, love and all happiness and things like this. No, I truly resented her. I truly regretted. I truly had rage. And I truly had those the big spectrum of negative emotions at six years old that cut me off from everything else. And I couldn't be me anymore because I couldn't accept this part of myself. I had to act strong. I had to act positive. I had to be the class clown, the sad mm. clown. I was exactly that. I was a very funny person. I I would believe and, and put in myself this limiting belief that if everybody is smiling around me, then I should have no reason to be sad. Mm -hmm. So let them laugh. Like, you know, I should make them laugh. And so I couldn't understand my own pain until the drug addiction until it was like okay why am i doing specifically crystal meth why this drug why all of this and then let me go get the information and those aha moments started coming oh i hated my mom but i was okay you know you were six years old you were allowed to to ac and i still remember saying this to myself out loud and go forgive yourself dude and it was mm -hmm. me talking to my inner child mm -hmm. That was a big moment of stepping into myself, yeah. stepping into those emotions. And then after this, if we have to talk about the book that really ushered me through spirituality, mm -hmm. for me, it was The Four Agreements from Michael, uh, no, Miguel, Don Ruiz, Don Miguel Ruiz, sorry. And that was a beautiful book that just made me enter spirituality. And then on top of that, Joe Dispenza's book, the whole collection is beautiful. And obviously the power of now, which, you know, mm -hmm. is the quote unquote, the Bible of spirituality yeah. for me. <laughs> it's really interesting how all of us taking a different path. Yeah. And just like thinking of my life, like I wonder because maybe you had more capacity or you know how to talk about emotions more and it's whether it's easier actually to get into spirituality when you know your emotions versus like me <laughs> who were never really in touch with my emotions because I always thought like I'm a responsible person in general because I'm an older sister also always felt like on top of any situation and I always felt like my life is good my life is perfect my life is I do everything mm -hmm. right yeah I get all the right education all the right work and job and career path so I felt like my life was quite good and maybe that's why I didn't hit such a it's, big rock bottom yeah. in my life mm -hmm. so that's why I don't consider the breakup as a big rock bottom because I felt like oh it's just like a breakup you know yeah. like it's something external for my life but, and yeah. the my slow transition was really just like that emptiness mm -hmm. that I felt inside life was perfect but there was this void yeah yeah, I think you've, sorry, I, I'm cutting you off. I'm so sorry to do this, but because I think you've explained exactly who you are is you didn't practice enough those emotions. I mean, like you, that, that sense of control made you not allowed yourself to practice a certain spectrum of emotion. Because when you say, I am strong, it does mean that you understand your weaknesses. I mean, you have, to, it's the yin and the yang. Like to say, I'm strong, you need to know 
where you're weak. But if you don't know where you're weak, then how can you say you're strong? It's like I'm happy. I you didn't have to. any weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's the thing. It's when when people are telling me you should be happy. Your mom loved you. You cannot know how happy you can be until you know the depth of your sadness. Yeah. And if you don't take the time to explore the depth of your sadness, how can you know happiness? If you don't know the depth of your hatred, how do you know love? Yeah. And it 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 because those are you know it's a balancing act of of just intense emotions. And so when you say I didn't explore those emotions, you, then you cannot say I'm strong. Because yeah. what is strong for you if you don't know what's weak? I think that's why I felt like a yeah. void mm-hmm. and exactly, an yeah. emptiness. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I uh, probably many people can resonate with having the feeling of emptiness. Mm-hmm. So for me, it didn't manifest in terms of like big traumatic emotions. Mm-hmm. I just felt like everything is fine, but it's just like uh-huh. something is not there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It always goes back to you. You read the Power of Now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have you read the Power of Now? A bit. A bit. There is there is only one chapter that really cracked my skull open. I like that image, but it's in the uh, the origin of fear. I think the the chapter is called where like if you basically I'm gonna summarize. It's all about the ego again. Where if you haven't practiced an emotion enough, then your body doesn't know how to create that chemical reaction of anger, of pain, or whatever. Like you know, on that negative spectrum. The egos in that book, the function of the ego is to make you survive. Surviving is enough. Yeah. So when your body is about to make a chemical reaction that it does not know the outcome, the ego step in is like, how about you feel numb? How about you watch TV? How about we don't do that move because yeah. f- you know it's a 50-50. We might just disappear. We might die. We might, and that's where ego pumps fear, pumps doubts and goes, no, just don't feel anything. Because we don't know how to do this. We haven't done this before, so shut down. And at the top of the spectrum, people get into panic attack, depression, and all those things. Is because you literally, if you don't know, you don't know how to express. Yeah. Yeah, yeah if you don't know, you, you, don't, you panic. Yeah. But if you know, then you know how, yeah. right? And yeah. that is why I love so much... I love Dr. Joe Dispenza's work yeah. because he shows people exactly that, knowing how yeah. to do it. And I love it, like how he demystify spirituality and mm-hmm. mysticisms yeah. with the language of science, yeah. with facts and researches. And he, oh, this is so good. Like he teaches people to see the unknown as quantum field. The yeah. unified field as a playground mm-hmm. where there are like potentials, like unlimited potentials to yeah. create whatever you want. Unlike the traditional spirituality. I, I, I 100% <laughs> like when it, because I told you about yesterday, for me, spirituality is quantum physics. Yeah. We, we can talk about it in a very scientific and Joe Dispenza was the first one that told me, okay, well, you know, like ninety nine, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of us is non matter, and yes. uh, and uh, and only zero point zero 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 one percent is the physical world. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh shit! Like, and even boom, that <laughs> physical world is temporary. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, yeah. Even so, that, like he made the quantum field, the unknown, somewhere fun and exciting and safe to jump in, whereas the traditional spirituality, they just tell you. That is the unknown. Surrender to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go into it, even mm-hmm. if you have fears. 
and as true as it is, it's still freaking terrifying for the mind. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Right? Because like, why should I jump into that? No, you don't go like, there. <laughs> give me a reason why. Yeah. And they're like, just jump and then you know, you figure it out. You know, you save. There's love. And yeah, 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 it all sounds all good. Like, you know, but it's still out there. Yeah. And Dr. Joe, he's like, well, when you're in there, like literally they're like electromagnetic fields that like are like they're, they're literally like potentials unmanifested mm-hmm. waiting you know for you to pick up the similar vibration to hook them up and to draw them back into your experience oh very nice and that's how it makes the unknown so much more fun now mm-hmm. And it makes people even like willingly they want to jump into the unknown because they know that's where the transformation takes place, the change takes place. Mm-hmm. Whereas the love, the order, then the healing, yeah. and and their their whatever desired future, your ideal partner, your ideal career, your perfect health, yeah. it's all in that quantum field in the unknown. So the unknown is not a scary place. It's a loving place, and why is why why is it called the unknown? Because it's for you to create mm, with intention. Uh, with intention, you need to be creative, right? To create something you never created before, and that's why it's called the unknown. That's mm. that's just that. There's nothing like scary about it, yeah. you know. Yeah. If you want to change your life for the better, right? Then it means you don't want to recreate your past. And bring it to your future, which means you have to create something differently. Yeah. And where are you gonna create that? The unknown. Yeah. And once you get the taste of it, you can never go back. <laughs> no, no. Guys, no. it's really like a drug. Once this is, you- <laughs> honestly, this is better than any drugs I've ever tried. Yeah. Once you taste that freedom, you never want to go back. Yep. It's true. Yeah. It's true. As a former drug addict, <laughs> I can tell you this. Yes. Yeah, right? I mean, I, I'm super grateful for Joe Dispenza's teachings. And oh. I've done his meditation. I was doing his like 45 minutes meditation every night in 2019 and 2020. You know, when you start reading those books, there is always that. The more cynical side of you goes, ah, it's a little bit woohoo, like, you know, and all those things. But I'm a manifestation of, okay, I, I chose to believe because it's always about belief. You believe it or not. I chose to believe and I went through the process and I can tell. Yeah, it did work with me and it's still working with me, at least in my own personal history. So I I, I highly recommend people to get informed because there is different yeah. type of entrance to spirituality again. it's The best is to read or to get the information from different sources because there is different entry and choose which entry your you vibe the most with because yeah. you'll get hooked to something. You'll be okay. Well, some, some people, it's the power of now. Some people, I mean, the first time I read the power of now, I have to say I fell asleep. I was listening to it and for what it takes, his beautiful voice is very soothing. Yeah. And every time there was that thing, I would fall asleep. <laughs> and I so I would never get the message really. And I was just this is so dry for me. And I had to go and Joe Dispenza was like, Okay, let's talk about science. And yeah. now this is the method. You know, every time you're gonna feel something or you're gonna get triggered, say the word change. Okay, I can vibe with this. I can do this all day long. Yes. But and that's uh, good what you said that we have to vibe with something to actually get into spirituality. Yeah. So uh, I want to add to that that it could be books. But 
I encourage everybody to try it yourself, mm-hmm. what it is that you resonate with. So as simple, like I, I studied yoga and st- yoga is also spiritual. But if, you know, you at the beginning, you don't feel a spirituality yet, but it's still something that you can already mm-hmm. start practicing or as a crazy as just traveling alone. For me, it was like a big spiritual journey to travel alone mm-hmm. and to be alone with my own thoughts and feelings. Just me and myself. Yeah. <laughs> or could be anything. Or surround yourself with people who inspire you in this area. Or mm-hmm. it could be, you know, starting with astrology. Like one day I just got curious about <laughs> astrology and went mm-hmm. down the rabbit hole on astrology. Mm-hmm. And, you know, spirituality can take so many forms. It's a kind of like grabbing on first on something that you resonate with. And then start your journey there. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yes, I agree and I disagree at the same time always because <laughs> it always boils down to intention at the end. Uh, for me, it's like if you tr- if you go travel with the intention of escaping something, like I did most of my twenties, then the result is not going to be self discovery and depth and and all those beautiful things. If you go travel with the intention of having space to discover yourself and to explore yourself, then yes, that's the right intention for you. And so I always go back to that. Observe your intention first. If your action, and I think that's what Drew Dispenza says a lot, where your action doesn't match your intention, then nothing comes out of Yeah. Nothing comes out of it. Yeah, and you you need both. You need intention and aligned action. Mm -hmm. You need both. And because eventually I believe that we need experience. It's it's the experience that really teaches us what mm-hmm. spirituality really is. Yeah, you need to feel it, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. you really just need to feel it mm-hmm. with every single cell in your body. And that's when, like, what you know now, the knowledge becomes a wisdom. Yes. Yeah. And how is it for you, like, uh, Queen? Like, how you practice spirituality these days? Well, I'm also kind of like, I tried out a lot. You know, like mm-hmm. a lot of techniques, a lot of methods. And these days, it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. Uh, I just do meditation, Dr. Joe Dispenza, meditation in the morning or maybe in twice a day in the morning and e- in the evening. And then the rest of the day, I just really like let myself be in that state. Like after I come out of the meditation, or actually just make it simple. Most of the time, I act, I talk, I do things from a place of the unknown. I'm in that quantum field. Yeah. Like I, yeah. It's like even right now, I'm talking to you like from a, a bigger perspective, whereas I'm not just narrow focused in this body and mind, but like my focus is more, is a bit, you know, more stretching like this. And basically, it just allows me to pick up more frequencies, more vibrations, meaning more and more information. Yeah. So I can bring into this conversation in a more wholesome and more creative way. Unless if I just stay in this body and mind, I just like repeat what I already know. Yeah. But it, when I'm in that field, I even like surprise myself saying things that I never really said before. Yeah. And that is my main practice. It's like spirituality is your life like is your daily life every moment if you can really perform from a place of who you truly are that is you doing spiritual practice yeah i have a question yes please do you think we make it harder on ourselves to be spiritual in big cities like this and how do you avoid 
the influence, the temptations, the external factors? I love that question. I felt thing is I used to think is a harder thing, you know, on ourselves being spiritual in big cities because I used to there. There's a time I actually ran to Dalat. Mm-hmm. And I lived there for a month, uh, for a year. Yeah, like just escape, you know, everything yeah. here. And uh, yeah, I learned a lot about myself during those time, and it felt so good. Yes. And then, at some point, something in me is like tried to to like keep kicking my ass, you know, back to this city, and it keeps saying to me like, "You need to come here. Like, there's more. There's more." And I'm like. But I don't want to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so stressful and chaotic, and you know, like people they're not like mindful about what they they do and they are and blah blah. And but there's something in me just just go, just go. You will understand when it's the right time. And I'm like, okay, fine, I go. And now I'm back here for what three years now. Mm-hmm. And I must say, this is the best thing ever happened to me. To move back. Yes. Yeah. Because it actually makes me so much stronger mm-hmm. spiritually. As in, because if I don't intentionally focus on myself, on reminding me who I truly am, and practicing it daily, if I don't do that here, mm-hmm. I I just lose myself easily. So and would you say that Dalat made you lose yourself, or no, no, th- in yeah. this city? Okay, yes, oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So, because of this external stress, yeah, it even like kind of like motivates me to be even more diligent with my practice. Mm-hmm. So I have yeah. no choice. It's like I want to, you know, obtain this inner peace, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes, yeah, yeah. to stay there and even like to get deeper in it. Because like once you taste it, you can never go back. It's so addictive, <laughs> and so I'm like, I want more of that. I want more of that. And I'm I'm willing to do whatever it takes, mm-hmm. including surrendering my ego, you know, including mm-hmm. taking responsibility and forgiving people and forgiving myself. I'm like, yeah, I'm willing to do whatever. And since then, I literally do all of that. Mm-hmm. I forgive myself. I forgive others. Forgive my mom. Forgive my dad. Forgive my exes. I take the responsibility. You know, everything around me is my creation. Take back my power, and now I can say that I even feel better here and now, mm-hmm. even compared to when I was in Dalat. Because yeah. I feel like now my peace is unshakable. Yeah, like nobody can take it away from me. Yeah. Nobody, unless I allow them to, or I believe that they can. Which is also a belief, yeah. but yeah. Mm, no, no more. Interesting. Yes, and yeah. now I feel like I can be wherever, and I still feel this peace, mm-hmm. and that feels powerful AF. Yeah. <laughs> and I can totally resonate with that. I feel like a city is like kind of like a high intensity training for mindfulness. Yes, <laughs> a lot of love, yes. a lot of love. You know. Um, Tough love sometimes, yeah. but it's really, really for the best. And with the rate of people awakening these days, more and more people awakening so fast. 
they cannot be enough, you know, like ashrams and and temples and and you know and retreat centers for everybody to escape. So we need to really stay here and deal with it and grow ourselves while mm-hmm. still catching up with the pace mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. And um, but yeah. if you if you felt someday the need to go to Dalat again, would you do it? Of course. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Anytime, yeah. because it's the same now. I'm indifferent. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't have to escape anymore. No, you just go with the flow. Yes, actually, I <laughs> feel like wherever that has my presence there, like mm-hmm. it's so lucky, like you know, to have me there. So yeah. wherever I go now, I, I just feel like so happy and joyful and exciting, you know, to look forward to going yeah. there. Yeah. I love this. I love this. Me too. <laughs> I, I I equate this like to any type of practice anyway. Like you're we're building a muscle. Oh and yeah, on, on absolutely. A, and it's not about like you know when we ask about a time frame, it's not about the time in itself. Like you know the hours, but it's about the amount of time that you practice. Yeah. A cycle, or you know, and I, it feels like you've you have a very strong muscle yes. of spirituality. And yeah. the reason why I'm asking this is because this is how I feel. That's why I want to go to Danang. My body is telling me why are you battling this because. I'm just practicing this for the past two years only, and I'm like, maybe I need to escape to come back. Hopefully, maybe we'll see to come back stronger to like you know bigger cities. But right, right now, the temptation is so high, or the influences are so high. Yeah. That either way, that's why I live in D9. That's why like I keep on getting further and further because mm. I don't want any type of distraction because I'm still, you know, in that daily practice, and I can see myself being so easily distracted mm. within society. Go. Yeah. So I can have a, a, a reason to visit you know, Danang. <laughs> oh, he's living there. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, visit yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I love that. It's really a muscle. Like you build mm-hmm. a muscle. Like spirituality, again, like it's not something like, you know, intangible. And, uh, you know, like it's like woo-woo out there. It's mm-hmm. Again, it's so practical. You need to build your muscle yeah. every day. And what you don't use, you lose it. Mm-hmm. So you need to use it every day. Yeah. You need to make this conscious choice every day. Like, mm. am I gonna show up and 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 choose this? You know, because I I love what again Dr. Joe said. Like, if you're not defined by your future, you're defined by your past. So mm. every day, like I, I I have this like promise to myself. I'm not gonna get out of my bed until I become the person I want to be. Mm-hmm. And then I just stay in my bed. And then practice the meditation and allow myself to really feel the emotions. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll get off my bed and live as that person. Yeah. 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 Let the emotions mm-hmm. of the future pull you. Yes. That vision again. It's Which really- could be contradicting to someone, to some people, when they haven't fully understood about spirituality. Mm-hmm. Because like we keep saying about oh, you should be in the present moment. You should stay in the <laughs> now. You know, you should not think about the future or the past. Like, why do you tell us that you should focus on your future? Isn't, isn't it like taking you further away from your present? But the thing is, where are you creating your future now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So if you want to create your future, you actually need to be in the now yeah. deeply and fully. Yeah. That's very well said. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's uh, going to be a very nice ending for for the podcast for mm-hmm. this episode. Really mm-hmm. encouraging everybody to venture into this journey. It can be called spirituality. It can be called life. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or just a journey of getting to know who you are. Yeah. That's exactly. it. Who you are, what do you want, why you're here. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Keep it simple, keep it fun, keep it light. Yeah. Yes, enjoy it guys. It's, it's gonna, really yeah. addictive. <laughs> <laughs> it happens when it has to happen. You yeah. know, like find your entrance to it if you want, if not. Yeah, don't yeah. force it. Yeah. Just don't chill. force it. Just yeah. chill, guys. You know? <laughs> it, yeah, really, it's it's all about having fun, really. Yeah. Yeah. If it if it doesn't really make you feel good in the long run, eh, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's as good. As, yeah. Sometimes it's it's like that. Okay. And it just yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, uh, Quinn. I mean, this is a uh, thank you so much, Moni, for expressing yourself. I uh, feel very good. Thank you uh, for first round table. That's that was pretty fun. Yeah. For the audience that is listening to this, if you want us to talk about any top different topics or anything like this, so we can throw it in the middle of this round table that is <laughs> rectangle, actually. <laughs> Please feel free and uh, yes. yeah. See you, you next time. See yeah. you. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to Creators in Vietnam. If you like this episode, become a part of our mission to inspire others by leaving a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcast. Also by sharing this episode with your friends on social media. This one small act can truly make a difference in someone's life. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and see you next time. <laughs>